It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I'm upset. I'm James Rapine and welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Wednesday. It's great to be with you on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe iTunes. Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. This podcast, just a quick reminder, you might see the news about me going to Cleveland. Yes, I'm Cleveland bound, but that doesn't mean Locked On Bengals is stopping nonstop, nonstop. I will continue to do Locked On Bengals from up north as I cover the Cavaliers and the Indians for 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get to it. We got Joe Goodberry coming up in a bit. He joined me on ESPN 1530 earlier today. Also, Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com. But first, a, a quick, uh, I'll say housekeeping, news and notes, so to speak, here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. Adriel Jeremiah Green is back. He practiced, and he's going to play Sunday. And he talked today with reporters, and unfortunately I was unable to make it down. I'm not going to make it down to Paul Brown Stadium for quite some time. Now, but uh, the one thing, not for anything I did, I, I still have access there. I just, I was unable to fit it in my schedule right now. Anyways, one thing that I questioned on Twitter and I questioned on my uh, 12 o'clock show on ESPN 1530 today, A.J. Green's future. A.J. Green's future with the Bengals. Should he consider maybe thinking about asking for a trade? Asking for a trade this offseason. Think about it. Wh- where's he going? You as a Bengals fan, you feel like they're going nowhere, right? I mean, that's how you feel at this point. I mean, that's how I, f- I feel. They're not going anywhere this season. He's 30, going to be 31 years old. He's put up with a ton. His quarterback is injured. It just doesn't feel like they're trending upward. They're trending downward. And if you're A.J. Green with one year on your contract, you might consider asking to be dealt. He shot that down. Today basically said, yeah, I want to be in Cincinnati. I don't want to leave. I don't want people to say, oh, AJ left to go be on a winner, essentially. And that sounds good now. But I I really, I truly wonder, one, 
if AJ should consider asking for it, and two, if the Bengals should consider asking asking for it. There's a poll question up at James Rapine on Twitter. Make sure you get your votes in. You got uh, plenty of time to get them in. Last I checked, 42% say yes, AJ should demand a trade. Over 30% of you said yes, he should demand a trade if Marvin's back, which I would include Hugh Jackson under that. And then the rest of you said no, he should stay. It's just interesting. It's an interesting question to ask. It's something I will be interested in seeing uh, just how it plays out. You know, would AJ, and I know it's not his character, he's been the good soldier, right? He he has. Uh, in 2012, when Jay Gruden thought of this awesome playoff strategy to not target AJ Green and instead throw the ball to Jermaine Gresham a bunch in the first half in the playoff game against the Texans, AJ didn't lose his mind. When Andy Dalton missed AJ Green wide open in the end zone in that game, that would have given them the lead with under four minutes to go. AJ did not lose his mind. He hasn't lost his mind. He hasn't broke uh, what he is. You know, I mean, the, the craziest thing AJ ever did was state the obvious, which was get the ball to your playmakers, which basically led to Bill Lazor being promoted, Ken Zampezi being fired. And I, I will say this it is great to see him out there. And I think maybe Jeff Driscoll, if you're Jeff Driscoll, you're excited. You got AJ Green, you got John Ross, who I think is coming on, and Tyler Boyd, who's a stud. So now you're going to have a, a full allotment of weapons to kind of show what you can do in the NFL over the next five weeks. Very, very big opportunity for Jeff Driscoll. But AJ Green's future, I just wonder. I wonder if things don't go his way in the final five games because he's coming back thinking, hey, I'm going to come back. I'm going to ball out. We're going to get to the playoffs. That's what AJ's thinking. You might not be thinking it. I might not be thinking it, but that's what A.J. Green's thinking. And I just wonder if things don't go right over these next five weeks, if Marvin Lewis is coming back, what A.J.'s reaction will be. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Joe Goodberry on the other side, along with Richard Skinner of Local 12 and Local12.com. It's uh, really good stuff coming up from them. But first, a word from Action Heat, because Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees, and they have a rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion battery. It lasts up to 12 hours on each charge, and the batteries can also charge your phone while you're walking, while you're out in the cold, or any other device. It's perfect for any friend or family member looking for a holiday gift list. It's perfect for me. You should get me one. I'm going up north. I'm going somewhere colder, which means... I'm going to get some Action Heat gear, and I would welcome you to buy me even more. I have it. I love it. You should try it, too. It's available in men's and women's and has great new styles and models just released for the winter season to keep me warm when I'm up in Cleveland. We've got a special deal for our listeners since you listen to Locked On Bengals. You can save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out Everything Action Heat has to offer. Again, actionheat.com slash locked on, or you can use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty, warm while you enjoy all outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. 
Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Welcome back into the Locked On Bengals podcast. I caught up with Joe Goodberry of The Athletic earlier today on ESPN 1530. I know you love hearing from Joe. Here's my conversation with him. Let's start with Marvin Lewis. A couple of minutes ago, well, about a half hour ago, we heard his weekly press conference. Ten minutes ago, I said that there was a path because, of course, there's a path to him returning. Mike Brown looks at it, sees injuries from Andy Dalton to A.J. Green to the linebackers, etc. Sees a team that I could see them going 2-3 and three with Jeff Driscoll at the helm and gives them uh, another chance at it with Marvin Lewis under contract. Am I crazy to think that the Marvin Lewis era could be um, more than just this season, but you're 17 next year? No, that's not crazy at all. Because just <laughs> if anything, it's today. sane, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think at this point, we should always bet that Marvin will be here until he's not. And um, like you said, it, it, in bad years, they found ways to squeak out wins at the, end of, uh, at the end of the season to save his job or to feel good about going into the next year. Uh, I think any time, or any team, really, if they have a veteran quarterback and a, and a coach they feel can get them to the playoffs, they're going to feel like they're close. And you know, I don't know if that's accurate to feel that way with this team. I feel like they're just as far away from having a top five pick as they are from being a deep run in the playoffs. So um, I could see them convincing themselves of that once again. Uh, and on the other hand, I could see them blowing it all up and starting anew. Yeah, I, you could. Wait, you could see them starting completely anew? Like not Hugh anew, but like new new? No, I think Hugh you, you knew is, is, <laughs> Hugh knew is, is not new. Hugh knew is is Hugh knew it. Like I mean, there's so many things we could do with Hugh, but yeah, I mean that's not new, right? That's the same. That is much of the same. Sure, it's a uh, it's probably the same blueprint with just a different guy, you know, rowing the boat. But at the same time, um, I guess that is a new coach. No, I can't even think about that, James. Please don't even put that into my brain. I Hugh knew. Think about Hugh Jackson. Hugh knew it. That hey, that's a good shirt. I should trademark that before I, I, I head up to Cleveland. Joe Goodberry of The Athletic is with us. I'm James Erpine. A.J. Green returned to practice. He's set to return to the field on Sunday. If I'm Jeff Driscoll, I'm praising uh, the heavens above that number 18 will be back on the field Sunday. Oh, yeah, especially, you know, we know what A.J. Green does, but with the way Tyler Boyd has played, and it seems that Jeff Driscoll quickly um, got the ball to Boyd and, and early and often. 
And then uh, the way John Ross has played and gotten better every single game, there's no other receiving trio in the NFL that each has five touchdowns. And the Bengals are the ones that own those three receivers, and that will help Jeff Driscoll. It will help any quarterback. So we've seen what Andy Dalton looks like without him. Let's see what Jeff Driscoll looks like with A.J. Green. What did you think of Jeff Driscoll's performance on Sunday when you popped on the film? It was very good, um, especially in a guy that's never started a game before, especially considering we've only seen him in preseason. You have to remember coming out of college, he was more of a talent than a polished quarterback, so he needed a lot of things. He was he was thought of by many as a developmental guy, and let's see what you have in two years. And he, he didn't make the roster for the 49ers. The Bengals claimed him. Um, reports were that they had a mid-round grade on him, and they were interested. And then he, he, it felt like he beat out A.J. McCarron two years ago in camp, and then I believe he broke his thumb or hurt his thumb uh, and was put on injured reserve. So he's had opportunities. I, I, I think it's clear he beat out Matt Barkley in the preseason this year, and then Barkley was, was injured. But I think that would, it would have went towards Driscoll anyways. So to see him develop but not really see him play in a regular season game other than that final what minute or so with the, uh, with the New Orleans Saints, that blowout, he looked better than he has, and, and he's looked like he's progressed, and that's that's what you want. I mean, the ball was coming out quick. It was coming out accurate. It was coming out to the right player. I, I highlighted a play on Twitter, and it was the exact same play on offense for the Bengals, the exact same play on defense, you know, for the most part. Um, and the throw that Andy Dalton threw an interception on is because he didn't read the defense correctly, and the play comes up again later in the game with Jeff Driscoll's in the game, and he sees it accurately, accurately, and he throws a touchdown strike to Tyler Boyd, and it's a it's a throw over the middle in a tight window behind a linebacker in front of a safety, and it's a throw that Andy Dalton hasn't thrown really since the Falcons game. It's something that he shied away from. So I'm not saying Driscoll is going to be better. I just don't think where Dalton has been playing to the replacement level guy across the league, which is a Driscoll type, is that big of a gap. So for me, I think that's the biggest knock for why um, you would want to keep Andy Dalton going forward and in the future. I think if you get comparable play from Driscoll, I think that's when the conversation gets interesting. Oh, I see what you're doing there. Joe Goodberry of The Athletic is joining us. What would you say to the listeners at home that are like, yeah, well, Cleveland went – Basically, prevent. They gave them everything underneath, and they were just playing a soft defense in the second half. What would your be your argument against that? I would say that's fair. There were some um, different looks. There were some different blitzes. It wasn't that the Browns completely gave up. And if you could tell the energy when the Bengals actually had a chance to come within two scores, that the Browns started to pick it up a little bit again. And that's when the Bengals defense started to stall. But it wasn't that, you know, they killed themselves. It was more that the Browns stopped them. I'm sorry. It was that the Bengals killed themselves with pre-snap penalties and mistakes and, and, and just putting them in third and long situations. Um, you know, stuff we've seen all year out of this team. But I would say that the Chiefs and the Saints also went into a prevent. We got a 30-point lead against Andy Dalton, and he couldn't take advantage of it either. So it's not that... Um, that wasn't why Driscoll was so good, and that wasn't why the receivers were open. It was more because the ball was getting out quickly, and he was willing to throw into tight windows. Uh, there, there was two throws to Boyd. There was another one down the middle, too, against quarters coverage where he's throwing it into a tight window. There's a slant by um, John Ross right to the goal line before Jeff Driscoll's one-yard rushing touchdown where he nice it in there. Mm-hmm right by a linebacker, right in front of Denzel Ward, and as the safety's closing in. That was a uh, rocket. 
It was. And it was a pinpoint throw, and it was a great catch by Ross. I do think he eyes the receiver a little bit too much. So it'll be interesting to see as it goes on, as defensive coordinators start scheming against them, if they're going to say to that free safety and those linebackers underneath, read his eyes and jump the ball. Because, uh, you know, that's something you, you would expect from a guy who's never had a start. But it's where I would focus if I was the Bengals to say, you know, keep your eyes in the middle of the field and then come to your target. You can't look at them too early. Joe Goodberry of The Athletic is with us. I've been very critical of Marvin Lewis this week. Over the past couple of weeks, I've been critical of Bill Lazor. His lack of creativity is something that that I think a lot of fans have noticed and are wondering why Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard, for example, can't be on the field at the same time. Is there What's the difference between Lazor's play calling? Is there any difference with Lazor's play calling from weeks 1 to 5, where the Bengals were 4-1 and one in rolling, and then since then, where it's it's kind of been uh, downhill and, and pretty bad. I think it's the same as last year, too. Remember when, when Bill Lazor took over, and it was the first game, I think, was the Packers game. Yep. And the offense put up 28 points, I want to say. Uh, and they went on a little bit of a roll there. And then as the season wore on, it got stagnant. And they're running a lot of the same things over and over again. And I think this year, it was fresh. It was new. You had Tyler Eifert, which I, I think is a kind of guy who, hurts defenses in pre-snap, post-snap reading because um, what he does is he makes you declare exactly what you're doing, whether it's man or zone coverage based on who goes out and covers him as he splits out wide. And I think as soon as Eifert went down in that Falcons game, even though the Bengals had a good second half coming back afterwards in the games following, everything got really, really basic for their passing offense. And I thought, and I think a lot of people hoped that Joe Mixon returning, Giovanni Bernard returning from health, uh, would, would allow you to open it up. You look at the Saints, they don't use the tight end. They, they are out there with, um, with, with Elvin Kamara catching seven, eight balls a game. The Bengals should be doing this, similar things. And, um, I think AJ Green going down, a lot of injuries, a lot of excuses for why it didn't work. But at the same time, it's not the most creative offense. They're not scheming receivers open. They're not scheming easy touches and easy throws. Often enough, you watch the best offenses, the Rams, the Chiefs, the Saints, these guys are open, and it's because they're scheming them open, and, and, and it's the route combinations, it's the timing, it, it's setting plays up for later, it's the play-action passes, and it's just not there for the Bengals. It's not clicking. Once again, it's now three years in a row. Joe Goodberry of The Athletic is with us. This morning, Joe, I posted a poll question on Twitter asking fans if they thought A.J. Green should demand a trade this offseason. Knowing what you know about this organization, knowing what you know about ownership and Marvin Lewis and what's likely to be uh, maybe Marvin Lewis returning or Hugh Jackson replacing him, if you're A.J. Green, put yourself in his position as best you can. Obviously, you're not A.J. Green. Uh, Would you demand a trade this offseason? Would you want out? That's such a tough question. Um, Because I'm not throwing softballs at you, Joe. No, I know, and and because I'm thinking of it like as a fan. I and what should I say as a fan? No, I don't want AJ Green to leave. I don't. You know, he's the he's the reason to get excited to watch again this week. And um, and then on the other side, you, you when you question, well, do you think this team will ever actually win a Super Bowl? Are they close? Or like I said in the first segment, are are, are, are they just as far from picking top five as they are from having a deep playoff run? Because AJ Green's numbers, his ability, who he is, and what he's been to this organization these eight years. He's got Hall of Fame credentials. He needs to hammer this last four years with production, with a playoff moment, and with a Super Bowl ring if possible. And if he can, he's going to go down as one of the best receivers of all time and make it to the Hall of Fame. I think if he continues on the path he is, we may look back and say, 
I'm not sure he makes it because it's such a deep receiving group in, in this generation of football that we may say, you know what, he's not going to make it because he's on the Bengals. And now what does that even mean? You know, does that mean he should want to do more for himself? I mean, yeah, a person's career and his reputation for the rest of his life, but at the same time, you're in this game to win a Super Bowl and win a championship, and you want every resource available. I think as a player, as a coach, and even fans feel the same way. So, um, I don't know. Yes, I guess I would. If I was him, personally, I'd want to go where, where I felt like we had a chance because I think winning comes above anything. But as a fan, I don't want that to happen. But I would like him to have a conversation, and hopefully some changes will be made because of it. Yeah, I I hope so too. I think if you're a fan, that that's what that's the thing you look at is maybe AJ Green, like he did last year with Ken Zampezi, can influence the organization for the better. Last question for Joe Goodberry of the Athletic. Let's flip it. Obviously, you and I seem to be on the same page with Andy Dalton. He's good, not great. Open to um, replacing him, finding a replacement in the draft. Part of that might be rebuilding. Should the Bengals look? to potentially trade A.J. Green, who will be in the final year of his contract after this season, depending on what they could get on the market? You'd probably get a first-round pick. And I think that and more. I think you might be able to get more. Oh, I think so, too. And that's why I think it gets interesting, is that how you know how do you feel about a rebuild at that point? Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you feel it's a full rebuild, that you're going to draft a quarterback and you're going to trade Dalton for a couple of second-round picks or, or something along those lines, you get a first-round A.J., it, it, that would be radical moves that you just don't see in the NFL. But at the same time, that would really set you up to to. And I'm saying that as the Raiders have done this basically, right, with Khalil Mack, and and you know, so you, you look at it and you say, okay, um, maybe it's not impossible, and maybe that would really propel you forward in, in rebuilding this team. But I think I would like to draft a rookie quarterback and have AJ Green and Tyler Boyd and yeah. John Ross. You, yeah. you want to surround that guy. You want that franchise quarterback to succeed. I want AJ Green on the other side. Good stuff there from Joe Goodberry. You can follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Kind of a double dose this week. He joined us for our weekly film review. We will do that next week as well, recapping Bengals-Broncos. But I talked to him today on ESPN 1530. I said, heck, I know you guys love hearing from Joe, so there he is. Up next, Richard Skinner, Local 12 and Local12.com. Talk Bengals, Broncos, Jeff Driscoll. What's he got? A.J. Green returning. Could he actually ask for a trade? I will ask Richard that next on the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, 
Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Richard Skinner of Local 12 and Local12.com joined me earlier today on ESPN 1530. Here's my conversation with Skinny. It's every week at this time, Richard Skinner of Local 12 and Local12.com joins the show. He hates John Ross as well. Richard, I appreciate the time. How you doing? I don't. I don't hate John Ross, but the jury is still very much out. It is no doubt about okay. it. Yeah, it okay. it is out. I agree with that. Uh, there, there is there is um, there is some improvement coming. We've seen it the last few weeks. Um, they've taken some more shots at him, and I think they probably you know with AJ Greenback, maybe you're going to see the whole trickle down effect in, in full effect now because um, Tyler Boyd is proving that he is a dangerous guy. He is a guy worth noting on defenses. So now there's two guys worth noting on defenses. And that leaves the third to maybe run free. And, and if that's the case, you're right. Let, let's see what they can do if, if that's the way it's going to work out. Yeah, I, I agree. Let's let's talk about this week because the first time, this is really the first time I've ever said, all right, it's time to move on from Marvin. I would do it. I would do it midseason. They, the game Sunday, to me, they came out lifeless in what to me was a must-win game against a team that they should have viewed as inferior. They should have went into that game thinking, we are better than the Cleveland Browns who did not win a game last year. I don't care who their coach is or this young rookie quarterback named Baker. We're going to go out and we're going to win this game because that's what we do with the Bengals. We beat the Browns. And instead, it looked like they were going up against the Saints in the first half. That, to me, is on Marvin. What were your thoughts on the debacle on Sunday? Yeah, no, I, I completely concur with that I, you know the, the the other part to it is and and uh, he's been given and so have some of the players when asked the ability to use injuries as an excuse and not even as an excuse but I mean there, it is real the injuries have been a factor anybody that, that that can't see that is is not paying any attention sure but we keep hearing hey next man up next man's got to get the job done okay then that's on the coaches to figure out how to play to their strengths whoever those guys are to coach them up to do so look. Uh, you know, replacing a, a quality starting NFL player for one that's not is is a recipe for disaster. But they're not going to use it as an excuse, and neither am I. So, um, and it's not just performance level. It was almost the. It, it just felt like they got punched in the mouth off the bat, and there was no response whatsoever. And that that's on the coaching staff. That's on Marvin Lewis for sure. Um, there didn't feel like there was any sense of urgency for a game in which there had to be maximum sense of urgency. I felt in Baltimore, James, 
well, you know, they may have gotten out schemed or out, out, out whatever by the Lamar Jackson move at quarterback and some of the things he did that they didn't seem to be ready for. I felt like the Bengals did play with a sense of urgency in that game. I really did. And the results show they had a chance to win the game. I didn't feel that in any way in that Cleveland you're right. That, that's a that's a really good point. They were in it against Baltimore. Yes. You know, they, they had a chance. They went up against Cleveland, and it looked like it was the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees. Well, don't forget, this, this is crazy. This is a crazy stat. The last two home games, home games, home games, last two, you're playing in front of your audience and your place. Home is supposed to be better. Last two home games against the Saints and Browns, 10 first-half possessions between the two of them, nine touchdowns. The only non-touchdowns was the one with the Browns at the end of the first half this week. Just decided to run out the clock and call it a day. That 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 can't happen. Not at, no, not in the NFL. That can happen in the Big Twelve, James. It cannot happen in the in the in the NFL. Richard Skinner of Local Twelve and Local Twelve dot com is with us. Richard, at the the top of this hour, I talked about Marvin Lewis and the path to him returning. I think injuries play a factor in that. Sure. I think Mike Brown views it. Oh well, he's got one more year left on his contract. The starting quarterback goes down. Maybe Jeff Driscoll goes two and three in these final five. I could certainly see Marvin coming back next year. When you look in your crystal ball, do you see Marvin Lewis on the sidelines as head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals next season? If they were to go 0-5 or even 1-4, and no. 2-3 and would even be a stretch unless somehow they win like the last two like they did last year to go, okay, they're getting back again. Let's bring back the band. Um, it would have to be some kind of fantastic finish um, that would, I mean, maybe open your eyes to Jeff Driscoll. I mean, I'm taking the wild case scenario here, right? Maybe Jeff just does some things and you're like, holy cow, this guy, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he's your guy moving forward. And if he is, and you, you know, you were able to scheme with him and you got some guys back and you showed something and, uh, you know, maybe fell a game short of the playoffs, then yeah. But I, I think, to be honest, I think game short of the playoffs, he doesn't deserve it. Really? It, it, man, it, 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 the, the, my fear is those last two games, they go up to Cleveland and Cleveland, Cleveland itself, because Cleveland always seems to Cleveland itself. And the Bengals would go up there and win. And then Pittsburgh maybe has nothing to play for, don't play, and they win that game. And even though we all saw that it was meaningless, Mike Brown didn't. That would, that would be my grand fear again. That would be back-to-back years of some sudden false hope at the end of the year that, that really shouldn't have been there. I mean, look, if, if, this was, if this was the first year that they hadn't made the playoffs in five years, Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to say, okay, I, I can see. Yeah, he, yeah, okay, let's get that two-year deal, bring him back to the second year, five straight. But this is the, this is, it has a real chance to be the third straight sub-500 finish. And that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a trend. And that's a lengthy trend. Because in this league, as you're seeing with, with a lot of teams, the Rams, the Browns may be one of these. You can go from 2-14, 3-13, 1-15 to being a playoff team or, or, a, or a Super Bowl contender. I don't, I'm not going to tell you the Browns are going to be that, but – I can see the Browns next year, James, after going one and fifteen last year, go six nine and one this year maybe, and then wind up going ten and six and being a playoff. You you can do that in a three year window. Mm-hmm. Well, this three year window for the Bengals has been awful, and that's at that point you got to say that's enough. You've had enough swings at the at the bat. Yeah, and the thing is, Richard and Richard Skinner is with us. He's never went three straight years with a losing record. Right, right. Like he's never yeah. done it. So that, that's the, no, that, that's the thing. I mean. Look, I think we talked about it on our podcast earlier in the week. There, for those that have wanted Marvin gone, I get it. I, I do. But there's never been a real – there's been maybe one clean jumping off point, right? One, one time where you could say, all right, that, that, that's enough. I mean, he's, he's gone enough. And that was what the whatever 2010 season when they were – you know, they'd come off a playoff berth. 
that that next season they went four, what four eleven one or four twelve or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. They decided to bring the band back. Okay, and guess what he did? Five straight playoff appearances. And I know you want a playoff win, and I get that, and and that's that's the expectation. But five straight playoffs, it's hard to let go of a guy five straight playoffs. It really is. I mean, it, it's it, look the guy's obviously doing something well each year, other than win the playoff game. Then you know this past season, the way it went. It, and, and the fact there was no contract there, it just felt like, all right, this is this is the perfect jumping off point. Well, they brought him back. All right, you got one more chance. And guess what? Right now, that chance you're not making it pay off. That's enough chances. Now it is. I thought last year was a clean jumping off point. If you don't go to the playoffs, and it's obviously a long shot as we sit here today, a very long shot. Then no, you've had enough chances at it, man. That's enough. It's a clean break time. It's time to start completely fresh, completely new, and I just don't think it's in their DNA to do that. You can follow Richard on Twitter, at Local12Skinny. Richard, you were at the, in the Bengals locker room today. A.J. Green announced to the media, hey, I'm back, I'm playing, yep. that's it. Here's my thing with A.J. Green. If they bring back Marvin, especially, and they finish under 500 again, so many fans are going to look around and look into the future and say there is no hope. What would stop A.J. Green, who would be in the final year of his contract, of saying, there's no way I'm going to keep wasting my time here. I want out. Mike, trade me. Um, he could do that through back channels. I think he's enough of a competitor. I mean, he said today, and you know what? And you, you've been around AJ enough. AJ doesn't say things just to say them. I yep. mean, he says them with purpose. And, and he said, you know, even if we were 0-15 and the only time I could come back would be the last game of the year, talking about the injury, he goes, I'd come back. And I believe that. I firmly believe that's just in his DNA. Um but I, I, I mean, he could do that, or he could just be, just say, "I'm not. I'm, I'm going to find elsewhere." You know, when, when my when my contract's up, which is coming very quickly, um, he could demand the trade. I don't think the trade. I don't think that's that's what they do necessarily. I don't think I'd just let him walk for nothing. Although you would obviously likely get uh, some major compensation for it in in uh, in, comp- in a compensatory pick. Um, but I, I, I don't think he would do it publicly. But could he do it through back channels? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe if there, if, if it comes to the point of they've decided to start completely fresh completely new, start over at quarterback, and that would be included in that, um, then, then perhaps at his age and his stage of his career being the competitor he is, um, say, look, I, I'd like to be with a, a team that's got a shot. Um, and I think that that's not unfair either, to be honest with you. Yeah, I would do it. Just to come, I, I'm, I know it's easier me to say it, you know, sure. outside looking in, sure. but by God, like if Marvin, especially if Marvin comes back, why wouldn't you? <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't know how he could have in... Just listening to what he said today, he's coming back. He thinks they're going to the playoffs. He does. You know, I he mean, thinks he's con- going to come back and lead them. He thinks he's going to be the dude, and they're going to find a way. No, his his comment today was he said he was asked point blank if, if you'd have played the last couple of games, you'd, oh yeah, we won. I, I would have made a difference. And that's not cocky. I mean, it sounds that way. It's it's, it's just him. He truly believes that. I think you're right. I think he truly believes that he can can help lead this team to winning. You know, their final five games, or at least four of the five to to make the playoffs. He firmly believes that. That's just that. That's part of what he is. But um, yeah, I mean, to answer your original question, I don't think it would be a public stumping, but I, I, I would get it, and I think I understand if he did it through back channels in some way, shape, or form. That's Richard Skinner of Local Twelve and Local Twelve dot com. You can follow him on Twitter at Local Twelve Skinny. I'm on Twitter at James Erpine and at Locked On Bengals. Don't go away. Like I, I've I've noticed a little dip here, not a huge dip, but a little dip in Twitter followers. I, I will still talk Bengals with you even after the Locked on Bengals podcast. And let's answer all the rumors now. Just because I'm covering sports in another city doesn't mean my fandom changes. I'm, I'm a Cincinnati native, all right? I haven't even moved to Cleveland yet. 
I'm going to root for the Bengals. I'm going to root for the Reds. I'm going to root for the Bearcats. I'm going to root for the Musketeers. That's just in, I, I don't care where I go. I could go to Jupiter, Antarctica, Cleveland. I could go to Toledo. I, it doesn't matter. Really doesn't matter. So I'll answer that right now. Even when I'm not doing Locked On Bengals, I would love to talk Bengals with you. I'm a fan. I am. And I actually think my fandom might be able to grow. What do you think they're going to say to me when I get my John Ross jersey up there? He's got five touchdowns. That was the deal. John Ross jersey happening. Not a jersey. Not anything fit. We're talking authentic. Maybe you guys could go all in and it could be my going away present. A little GoFundMe action. What do you think? What do you think? I'm spending a lot of, a lot of money moving up to Cleveland. I'm just kidding. Thank you guys for listening today on the Locked on Bengals podcast. I hope you enjoyed our guests back at it tomorrow where we'll do a prediction. A prediction. Bengals Broncos. Broncos Bengals. That and so much more on tomorrow's show. Until then, thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.